Well, good morning and welcome once again to Connection Point Church. So glad to have you here with us today. If you're new here or if you're new joining us online, my name's Todd and I have the privilege and the honor to be the lead pastor here at Connection Point. And I just want to say thanks for being with us today. Hey, if you're joining us online, feel free to comment in the comment section. Let us know you're there. Also, feel free to ask any questions you may have or give us any prayer requests. We'll be happy to have a member of our team get right back with you. This week, as I was preparing to bring this message today, I, I kept going back to Juan's message on, on Wednesday night, and I was thinking back as he shared about the importance of, of us leading well in, in regards to our kids and, and engaging with them and, and training and teaching this generation that is coming up behind us. He reminded us that our every action is being watched. You know, this is especially true with our children, isn't it? You know, think back to, to when they were little, when they were young, and one of them would say something or do something that would mimic a mom or a dad or someone in the family. And, and we would look at, at that kid, or you, even if you don't have kids, I'm sure you've witnessed this, and you'd be like, oh, they're so cute, just like their mom or just like their dad or just like so-and-so. And it's oh so cute until, until that moment in public when they say or do something that you don't necessarily want repeated in public. And what is your response to that? It's something like this. I don't have any idea where they ever would have heard that. Right? They're two years old, three years old, maybe four. You know where they heard it. They heard it from you. Or, or, or they heard it from the influences that you have allowed into their life. Because they sure didn't just make something up at two years old. It's something they heard. But, you know, those moments in our life, they stand as a stark reminder to us of our responsibility to raise our kids well. But it's also an awareness to us, an awareness that that the life we live, the life we lead, bears witness to who we are, to those who are around us. And it's not just kids either, right? It's, it's adults as well. It's both, it's both Christians and non-Christians. The way we live our life or the way we lead our life, it, it bears witness to who we are, but it influences those who we come in contact with. So we need to make sure we're leading well. That's why much of the New Testament is filled with letters to leaders. It's letters to churches. It's instructions on how to lead well, how to live well, on how we are to, lead our, to live our lives. And so this morning, I want to begin a new series titled Letters to Leaders. It's just some, some excerpts that we'll be pulling from some of those letters. And hopefully, because of this, we will be better leaders. Amen? Well, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it. I know some of you who are here on Wednesday probably are embarrassed right now if you don't have a paper Bible with you. Listen, there ain't no shame. Ain't no shame if you don't have a paper Bible. 
don't, don't feel condemnation. I don't see anybody in here with some, you know, scrolls that they're rolling out here, you know. The, the way the Bible is read and used changes over time. I mean, the, 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 the word doesn't change, but how we read from it does. Amen? All right. So if you got your app, all, the, all of the scripture I'll be reading is in there as well as my notes. And you can follow along with the same version that I'll be reading from as well. Amen? All right. So if you got your Bibles, open them up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse number 9, says this. It'll be easier if I put it on the screen for you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Highlighted there in the very beginning, you see what it says, you are a chosen generation. Now, if you've got your paper Bible with you, you may want to highlight that. You may want to circle it. If you're taking notes, you may want to write it down because you need to understand this. As a leader, you are a chosen generation. You were in darkness, and now you are in light. And because he pulled you out of darkness, because he brought you into his light, you have a responsibility to proclaim his goodness. That's in both words that you say and actions that you take. The problem is, far too often, people don't see themselves as leaders. I'm here, to this, I'm here this morning, as we begin this series, to dispel those myths. I'm here to quiet those lies. I'm here for you to understand that you are a chosen generation. You are called to lead. If we are going to take on this mission of proclaiming the goodness of God, we must understand that he chose us to do so. We began this year by walking through a, a series of Vision 2020 where we talked about needing clear vision for our lives. And one of the things that I repeated over and over throughout that series was the fact that God has a plan for each and every one of us. I truly believe it. His word declares it. The thing, though, we have to understand is while sometimes he will, in a miraculous moment, reveal that whole thing to us, I mean, it does happen, but more times than not, what does he do? He gives us little glimpses, little pieces here and there. And as he reveals those to us, it's our responsibility to walk in them. See, no matter whether he, he gives that to you in a miraculous vision or, or whatever, or if he, if he reveals it over time, he does have a plan for you. That fact does not change. Our responsibility is to carry it out. Let me tell you, part of his plan for each and every one of us is right there in the verse we just read. Let me put it back up there again. I've highlighted it here in the New Living Translation. You can show others the goodness of God. What are we to do? What is part of our plan? It's simply this. Show others the goodness of God. 
It's not complicated. You're like, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what the plan is for my life. I don't know what it is that God is calling me to do. In His Word, He declares it's to show others the goodness that He has and that He is. Has God not been good to you? Then don't you have a mandate to tell others? You are to tell, yes, but you are also to do. In other words, you're to show. You are called to show others the goodness of God. And if you're going to show others the goodness of God, you need to grow in your understanding of what that means. What is the goodness of God? What, what does it mean to, to receive that? I mean, you have to grow in relationship with Him. You need to understand who He is. Listen, here at Connection Point, we, we live by three simple uh, words. Our, kind of our mandate, it's simply this, grow, give, go. We, we need to be growing in relationship with God and with other believers. Part of that growing is to be here on a Sunday morning and, and to receive from the Word but to, and to, to grow in your understanding of who He is, but it's also to grow in your understanding of who you are. So that, that's kind of the grow part, but we're also to give. What does that mean? We're to give of our lives. We're to give our lives in serving others. One of those ways is to serve in ministry here at Connection Point. Most of you are already doing that. You, you serve in areas of like the nursery, and you serve in, in children's, and you serve by coming in and making coffee. You, you serve by coming in and helping to clean the church. You serve by actually building this church. You actually came in and built this building, many of you. You serve by, by bringing food to those who have come out of the hospital and are in need. Some of you serve by writing cards to people and, and just encouraging them. You, you give by, by praying for people. You give by giving of your finances. You give your lives by bearing one another's burdens, by coming alongside one another. And the last word we use is go. So we got to grow and we got to give. But go is where the rubber meets the rubber meets the road, so to speak. You see, we got to leave the church building as well. We we got to go and make a difference in the lives of those who do not yet know Christ. We got to get outside of the the walls here. It's great to serve one another here, and that is absolutely part of what every believer should do. But you also got to go and make a difference in this world. Amen. We got to go and show the goodness of the Lord to others. So many times, though, people say, I'm not qualified to do so. Sometimes people actually struggle with even growing in relationship with God because of the shame of their past. I'm here to tell you today, God says you are a chosen generation. He has chosen you. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he says this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considers, considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Appointing me to his service is how one version reads. You may want to go ahead and underline that. Church, not only are you a chosen generation, but just like Paul you need to understand this. You are appointed to serve. Peter said chosen 
to show goodness. And Paul says he was appointed to serve. It's the same for you and I. While, while Paul, in writing to Timothy, was speaking of himself, he was also charging Timothy to do the same. And, and Peter was giving a directive to all believers. And if that's not good enough for you, Jesus himself said, go and make disciples. In other words, each and every one of us are called to serve. We're called to lead. You're appointed to lead others. Thus, whether you believe it or not, you are a leader. We read this, we know this, and yet when opportunity comes to serve, oftentimes we shirk our responsibilities. We say, someone else is going to do it, it's somebody else's job, or I'm not qualified to do it. You know, Paul, in writing to Timothy, didn't say, I thank God for my perfect past. And that's why he chose me. Listen, Paul's story before coming, to, before coming to Christ, before that Damascus Road experience, was not exactly one to celebrate. Before coming to Christ, he brutally persecuted the church. He drugged Christians from their home. He was there at the very first martyr at the stoning of Stephen. But you know what? Paul didn't fixate on those things. He wrote half of the New Testament, but rarely do you see him even mentioning those things. You see, he doesn't say a whole lot in regards to who he used to be. He mentions that he was a chief sinner. And here in Tem Timothy, if you were to go down and read the next verse, it would say, even though I was once, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy. He said, even though I was, in Christ he was made new. I'm here to remind you today, so are you. In Christ you are made new. He said, even though I was, but he isn't now. He says, I will not use my past as an excuse for not fulfilling the calling that God has placed on my life. In fact, I will celebrate the fact that he chose me in spite of my past. He said, that's who I used to be, but that's not who I am now. And because of that, who he used to be is not the focus of his writings. It's who he is now in Christ. In the, far, in the first part of Timothy, Paul begins telling us who he is today. He says, I am appointed to his service. I'm a preacher of the gospel, and I am so thankful to serve God that he has chosen me, that he has appointed me, that he has called me for a work for his kingdom. That's what Paul is celebrating, not who he used to be. And church, you need to understand that, that God called Paul to a work, and he has also called each and every one of you to a work as well. When we launched uh, Connection Point Church, we were meeting in a church over on Nolensville Road where the previous church had merged with another and moved from that location, and we were renting it from them. The church that was there before we got there, though, was partnering at the time with a homeless ministry that was birthed out of the, the great Nashville flood. You remember that? There, during that time, so many, so many homeless were displaced. So every Wednesday and Saturday night in the gym of that church, they would feed and house homeless. 
They'd always have someone usually share before the meal a short message. Pastor Ray, who had pastored the church where we were meeting before we got there, he would usually share a little short message. And worship would also be a part of what they would do every Wednesday night. And that's just a, a, a picture of the stage there in, in that gym where we used to be. Brett Swain, who, who was and is an incredibly talented musician and singer, who himself was once homeless, birthed this ministry called Lambscroft. And one of the things he would do is he would lead this group of men, these homeless men, in some of the greatest heartfelt worship you've ever heard. Many nights, there would be over a hundred men sleeping there on that gym floor on cots. And as we began the church there, some from the church began serving alongside of those who were with the previous church, as well as those who were connected with Lambscroft. Is there where I first met a man named Mike. To me, he was just one of the guys who was serving. It was later I kind of found out a little more of his story. He had previously been homeless. And it was through an act of someone serving and using their talents in leading worship that first drew Mike. And I may get a little of the story off just a little bit, but this is my recollection and how I remember it, and, and I think it's pretty true to the, to the way that it happened. So it was first this band named Brett leading worship, incredible musician that drew Mike from the place that he was. It was a talented musician using the talents that God gave him to pour into the kingdom. In other words, showing the goodness of the Lord through his talents that drew Mike. And sometimes I, I kind of have to wonder, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of why maybe Mike is so drawn to worship today because that was what drew him in at first. So he went from the mission to a gym to a discipleship house that the Lambscroft ministry had set up where he was mentored and shown the goodness of God. Laura, who was part of our church from the very beginning, was drawn to this ministry opportunity of, of helping out there in the gym and, and helping the, to feed the homeless. And it was through serving in the gym that Laura met Mike as they served alongside one another. And it wasn't long before Mike was part of our services at Connection Point. And a while later, I had the opportunity to marry them. Look, I had a suit on back then. <laughs> it, was, it was sometime later as the Lord laid upon my heart to start a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. Not that I birthed the ministry, but to, you know, start the ministry within our church. In January, I think about maybe seven years or so ago, I went to Mike and Laura. I said, I think, I'm thinking about starting this ministry. Would you help? I gave them the material. They had never even heard of the ministry. I gave them the material and said, we're starting in two months. Here you go. 
I just handed it off to them. Let me say this. Were their pasts perfect? No. Were they ready for the task that I had given them? They would probably tell you they felt probably a little overwhelmed in the moment. But what they didn't say to me was this. My past disqualifies me. What they didn't say was no. They simply said yes. And it was their willingness to serve in this ministry that meant when a man, a little more than a year later, was looking for a church home, and he Googled, you know, churches in the area, and he wandered into our church on a Wednesday night where we happened to have a Celebrate Recovery meeting that night going on. Because someone said yes to be willing to show the goodness of the Lord, that that man who came on that Wednesday night was back the next Sunday with his family, and there he is getting baptized in his very first Sunday service at our church. And that man now today leads our Hispanic ministry. You see, it was their willingness to serve in a ministry that meant when a man went looking for a church, that there was an opportunity for him to get engaged to where the next Sunday he found himself in church being baptized. People willing to show the goodness of the Lord made that moment possible. I was thinking back this week, and I can remember one night alone, we baptized more than a dozen people at a Celebrate Recovery meeting because they were given the opportunity to be there. It's hard to see in that picture, but that's a, um, that's a Celebrate Recovery meeting from some years back. I think it's October of 2014, I believe. That moment right there, 12 people who never knew the Lord came in through a ministry opportunity on that night. Not only had followed Jesus, but followed in obedience after him in water baptism. Because, because all along the way, someone said yes. Because someone was willing to show the goodness of the Lord. It was Pastor Ray who said yes to a man who was once homeless, who wanted to use the gym at a church to house some homeless. And it was a man named Brett who was willing to use his talent in worship to show the goodness of the Lord that drew a man named Mike. And it was, it was through this ministry that drew a lady named Laura that drew them together who years later, I, as I was preparing to begin to start this ministry, I noticed something in them that said, you know what? There's something in them that says they want to show the goodness of the Lord to others. And they're going to be able to reach a group of people that I would never, ever reach. It was because each person along the way said yes, that made that night possible. 
hands raised all across that room. All because there were people willing to show the goodness of the Lord. And this week, as we're about to kick off Celebrate Recovery again, we have Recovery Ministries pastor Josh and his wife, Tony, who are actually ministering to someone right now at Vanderbilt Trauma. But we also have people like Mike and Laura who are, who are still serving, who are coming alongside of them, willing to help them as they, as they move forward in this ministry. I want to encourage any of you who feel called to be here Thursday night to help with that. Help encourage. You're going to hear an incredible testimony this Thursday night. This morning, I'm here to tell you, you are a chosen generation. You are appointed to his service. You are, you are appointed to, to show the goodness of the Lord. You don't know what place you may play, what, at what part you may play in someone's journey. You see, that moment to, to happen on that night took a lot of people along the way to say yes, to step up and say, I'm going to show the goodness of the Lord. You are appointed to service. God didn't adopt you into his family. So you could sit in a chair. When he brought you into the family of God. He said, I'll take you right where you are, but I'm not going to leave you there. I have something more for you. I have gifted you with a certain personality. I have given you certain characteristics and I want to mold you into what it is that I want you to do. And I'm going to enable you to carry out the call that I have placed upon your life. You see, God not only brought you into his family, but he has also placed you into this family. You are a part of this body. And the word of God tells us that every part of the body is important. Next Sunday, I already told you, right after church, we'll have a next steps class. It'll be an opportunity for you not only to learn a little more about our church and our history, but it will be a place where you will begin to discover where God is calling you to serve. One of the things we teach in that class is simply this. Every one of you is a 10 in some area. You're a 10 in some area. God has uniquely gifted and talented you and, and given you a character to serve in a certain area that he has gifted only you to exceed in. We want to help you find out what that is. What has God called you to do? If you're not sure, we want to help you discover that. If you're not serving, can I just tell you this? You're not doing what God has called you to do. You will never find fulfillment simply coming into a church and sitting in a chair on a Sunday morning. If you don't know where to serve or what your giftings are, we want to help you out with that. You need, to, you need to go through next steps. Part of the process is figuring out what are my giftings. What, what am I passionate about? See, there's a problem when we only think of the calling is a calling to vocational ministry. Because the fact is we've all been called. 
We are a chosen generation. We are appointed to His service to show His goodness, each and every one of us. Again, here at Connection Point, we believe each person is a minister. Just because you may not be the one who stands right here on a Sunday morning with the microphone in hand doesn't, doesn't diminish your role in any way. It's imperative that you walk in your calling. We've got to stop making excuses. When God called Moses from within the burning bush, Moses started with an excuse. When God called to Jeremiah, he started with his list of excuses. When God calls you to a task that you're not qualified to do, you need to remember what his word says. When Jeremiah said, I, I can't speak, God said, I will put the words in your mouth. Paul said it in Timothy. He said, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. See, you may think there's no way that you can do it, that you don't have the answers, and that's okay, because you can thank the Lord that he will enable you. Church, God enables you for your calling. No matter, no matter how big the task may be, He enables you. You've been saved by grace, but listen to me, you're also empowered by His grace. God enables you to do all that He has called you to do. That's why Paul said to Timothy, I praise God that He has given me the strength to be faithful. Paul didn't have the strength on his own to be faithful. Paul didn't have the ability on his own to do what he called him to do. But it was through God who enabled him that he was able to go out and not only write half of the New Testament, but plant so many churches throughout Asia Minor and into Rome and, and all throughout. See, you need God's grace to save you. But you need God's grace that enables you as well. You need His grace that enables you to carry out all that He appoints you to do. But let me tell you this. If you're waiting for His ability to show up before you move, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. See, it doesn't take a whole lot of God's grace, God's enabling, empowering presence because that's what His grace is. It enables you and empowers you to do the things that you cannot do on your own. It doesn't take a lot out of that enabling, empowering presence to sit in a chair on Sunday morning. We can do that pretty easy on our own. But if you're going to engage in ministry, the ministry that He's calling you to do, you're going to need every bit of it. You're going to need His grace. Because he may call you to a tough job. But it's his strength that keeps us going when we are ready to quit. It's his grace that enables us when we want to throw in the towel. I can promise you this, over the last several years, there were times I felt like quitting. There were times where I say, God, it's just too hard. It's too tough. I can't do it. And every time I come back to that place, to that Friday night, 
where he gave me the vision and said, go. To that place where I know that he called me. It's that knowing that he called me. And it's that grace that he gives that, that helps me and keeps me in those times that are tough. It's knowing that he said, I will be with you. It's knowing that his word declares, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's knowing that he said, I chose you before I formed you. It's knowing that he said, I set you apart before you were ever born. And it's the same for you. You got to hold on to those promises. You got to hold on to the words that he has said. You are a chosen generation appointed for his service before you were ever born he called you you got to make those words your own this morning i am chosen you got to get that down in your heart today i i know some of you are are you're still even as i'm saying those words you're you're battling in your mind and you're like but you don't know my past and you don't know what I've done and, and you don't know the mistakes and the times I've failed over and over and over again. I don't care. I'm here to tell you today that the word declares that you are chosen. You got to believe it. You got to know it and you got to own it. This may seem, seem silly, but can you say it with me today? Can you say it with me today that I am chosen? I am chosen. You got to own it. Because he has chosen you. He laid down his life for you. And it wasn't so we could just come in here on a Sunday morning and sing a few songs and, and sit and hear a word that will challenge us or encourage us or whatever. It's so we can go and make a difference. Because there's a lost and dying world out there who have not yet met him who did not know of his goodness. And it's our responsibility to take it to him. So in closing, I got one last excuse I'll cover. That's that one, can I wait? Can I wait until I'm qualified? Can I wait until I'm older? Can I wait till it, it's not quite so tough? And the answer is no. You can't wait. Our families, our friends, our community, our city, our state, our nation, our world needs you. They need each and every one of you to be engaged in the ministry that God has perfectly set aside for you. For you. And he's saying to you this morning, one more time, you are chosen. God has called you. He will fulfill his purpose in you. His word declares that he will complete his work in you. He'll see it through all the way. He will equip you. His grace will enable you. He will never leave you or forsake you. The only question is, will your reply be, 
Lord, send me. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, we love you and we thank you 